Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Catherine King who encountered her uncle at the steps of heaven during her near-death experience, and today we're going to talk about it. Catherine, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome. Thank you for having me on and letting me share my story. All right, if you don't mind, let's start on the day that your NDE happened and go from there. Yeah, that day was, um, well, Wisconsin summers is where I'm from. They get really hot and uh, really miserable, and we were living in an upstairs in an apartment. Um, and there was no, we had no AC unit at the time. And, um, I was pregnant with my second daughter and, uh, I, uh, I was laying in bed, which is usually where all my NDs seem to start and end, I guess. But, um, I was laying in bed and then next thing I, and then I was feeling really, really sick. And, um, next thing I know I'm drifting up and, um, then I had stopped and there was these stairs and the, the, the you know, like, they only look like four or five steps or whatever, but there was these stairs and then they had, it, it was like the clear heavenly background of the stairs. And then the, it was like all white, bright. And then I had actually seen my uncle Bill on the right side of me. And then there, to the left side, there was actually this huge yellow light and it was, it was pretty much taken over almost the stairs and, you know, and the background and stuff. And they, and then, um, I was talking to my uncle Bill and I was so excited to see him and I was so happy because he had actually passed a, passed on of, uh, uh, multiple, multiple myeloma back in the eighties. And this was like back in 90, I think she was born 95. So this was in 95. And, um, I was talking to him and he was holding my hands and we were, I was all excited to see him and I was catching up on, on, you know, everything going on down here. And, um, he was happy to see me and, and then, uh, I start seeing these people walk to this big, big yellow, almost like a sun or something on the left side. And the closer they walked, then all of a sudden they would just disappear. I couldn't see them anymore. And then I was like, well, Uncle Bill, it's, it's been fun. But I says, I got to get going. And just as I said, I got to get going. Um, he dropped his head and he's like, no, you know, he's shaking his head. No. And then I got really mad. And I'm just like, what do you mean? No, I mean, it's beautiful. I want to go. It's the great place here. I said, and I got really upset with them. And um, next thing I know, I, it's, it's almost like I tried to go through an invisible wall or I don't know if you have um, seen videos of, you know, when people walk into patio doors mm-hmm. and they smack into them kind of bones off. Well, I probably look like that too. And um, I ended up then right after that, I ended up back in my body and I was so mad. And I was like, why would Uncle Bill hold me back I'm from such a beautiful place? Why couldn't I go? And then, but then when I, because, you know, he was hanging on to my hands. So I thought, well, he's hanging on to my hands that he had held me back. But then I thought back and I could actually physically feel like the left side of my head, my shoulder and the left side of my thighs kind of sore. But come to find out, it was like this huge wall. 
that actually held me back. It wasn't him. And uh, so, and then when I, I came to, I was still really sick. And then my muscles, my arms and legs were almost like convulsing. They were kind of, kind of like, uh, I don't know, like contracting or something like that. They would relax and tighten, relax and tighten. So I knew something was really wrong. So then I, I ran down by my mom because she lived in the downstairs apartment. And I sat down and my legs and arms were doing that. And um, she, she started really spazzing out. She knew something was wrong. And here I was, I don't know, six, seven months pregnant or something like that. So she was worried about me. And she was worried about the baby. And she had called the hospital. And um, they, you know, told her to bring me in and stuff like that. And then she brought me in. I, they ended up admitting me, and then I got hooked up to IVs and heart monitors, and they were trying to check the babies and make sure the baby was fine. And um, I, it was pretty scary because I had a two-year-old, you know, also. So, um, but um, then they had, I was in the hospital for like a couple of days, and they had released me. So, but um, the only thing is, though, is like I don't know, you know, because I didn't you know, get through the walls or I didn't go into the city and all this stuff. But a lot of times when somebody would say, talk about heaven, um, my mind would flash to a meadow and like this little walk bridge, um, you know, this crystal clear water and just sparkling beautiful. So I don't know if it, if it's from, if I actually went farther into the NDE and I didn't realize it, or I don't know if I was really outside of the gates of heaven or was I in heaven? I mean, all I saw was steps in this big, big yellow light and then my uncle so it's possible I was in in heaven I guess um you know and then um like too like if somebody talk about schools in heaven I would my mind would flash that I was in this in the school um learning and um but what's kind of weird is like heaven has this different atmosphere than what we do everything in heaven is all white I mean everything the walls the floors the it, it just seems like white everywhere I looked and then I was even, there was this, um, I don't know if you see these windows that they come out in like a half circle type windows. And I was sitting there and I was looking out this, into the sky and there was like these beautiful uh, big blue sky and the stars. It almost it could actually touch the stars. So, you know, I think I was actually in the city um, because, I mean, every time somebody would bring up heaven, my mind would jump there to whatever place they talked about. So, um, you know, and at the time, you know, I, I mean, I've been a medium pretty much since I was two, but every time I would end up with an NDE or um, something crazy like that happening to me, my guests would start getting stronger. And then it was kind of, it, it was kind of like a, like a computer upgrade that I had to keep adjusting to every time things would get stronger and stronger. So sometimes it was scary, but. Well, thank you for sharing your experience with us, Catherine. Now, when you say you saw a city, did you see like a city with skyscrapers and buildings and everything? What I actually keep seeing is like, I don't know if I look down a lot when I walk or, but I actually kept seeing cobblestone um, floor grounds that, you know, like, you know, like we're outside. And I mean, I kept seeing these old buildings and these old buildings had this like old energy too. And it sounds a little weird, but almost like I could almost smell the old energy um, you know, it was almost like a, um, melting pot or, uh, you know, how you have the, when you cook a lot of food, like cast iron have this almost like melting pot feeling, or I don't know if I can't say melting pot, but like a seasoning, you know, you could, 
feel this energy of like so many souls and mm -hmm. it felt old and it felt comfortable and it felt peaceful. Um, it felt like there's like no negativity. Um, everybody felt happy. If, you know, we all felt safe. Um, you know, it, it was beautiful though, you know, and then there is, I mean, like I said, it's like the minute somebody would say anything about heaven, my mind kept jumping to different things in heaven. Mm -hmm. Did you see any beings walking around in heaven? When I was in the school part, I saw I saw people walking around or sitting in the classroom. What do you think they were teaching at the school? <sighs> Probably everything that we, we need to learn here. We need to learn love, patience. Well, you don't need to always learn love, but I mean, you know, how to love easier, how to have more patience. Um, how to interact with people better, um, you know, when, and that's the thing too, like every time I'd have these NDEs, um, I started changing. I stopped criticizing people. I stopped, well, not like criticizing, you know, like I, you know, you pick up a lot of old habits through school and through having siblings and, you know, you pick up a lot of these bad habits. Um, but I did, you know, I don't criticize nowhere near as much. Now I try to find out you know, what, um, why they acted a certain way, why they said what they did, you know, instead of trying to judge them for, you know, being in the, you know, the, what they've done, I actually try and figure out what they try, what they did. And then um, a lot of times too, like if they did something to somebody, it's like, I, now I'm kind of standing back and I'm like, well, okay, so let me hear two sides of the story because instead of being quick to judge that person, I got to try to find out what the other person did to them. And then that's when I actually make my, you know, didn't make my decision on, on, you know, what they did or why they did it or, but I mean, before I just be quick to snap, like, why would you do that? Or, um, but I mean, I, I've gotten a lot better with, with that, with trying to understand people more. And what other ways did you change after that experience? I looked at things like this is only temporary. You know, so if anything's bothering me, it'd be like, well, you know what? They always say there's an old saying that if I died tomorrow, would it really matter? And it probably doesn't. Um, or I would, um, I just started becoming a better person. I mean, I started becoming more caring, more giving. Um, and then it seemed, I don't know if it was like an NDE gift, but one thing that um, I also kind of like brought back with me is like it actually start physically feeling other people's pain. Mm -hmm. That's when I was telling you about with my sister Dawn. Um, you know, because her and I were talking on the internet on Messenger, and then all of a sudden my right knee just started to throb. You know, because I know I shared that email with you, and my right knee just started to throb. And I told Dawn, I said, I, and I know it wasn't me because I was sitting down, so I shouldn't have any pain whatsoever. And um, you know, I asked her, I said, you know, this sounds kind of crazy, but I said, did you hurt your knee? Because I said, every time I talk to you, my knee starts to throb. And then I I can't remember what the email was, but I think she said, yeah, she was trying to give a, a bowl a shot or something and the bowl kicked her. And now she's going to do acupuncture. But um, I mean, sometimes I do kind of accidentally freak people out with that because, you know, they look at me like, how'd you know, you know, and it, I mean, it, but it's just because I can actually physically feel other people's pain where I never really could before. Mm, that's so, amazing. I mean, that's kind of good and bad, though, because like when they're when they're hurting, um, you know, like there's my daughter and I went to drop some clothes off at a woman's shelter and 
So just as I tried to drop the clothes off, there's a lady outside the woman's shelter and she was really crying and, um, you know, and upset because she was in a bad, in a bad way. And, you know, then I gave her money, bottle of water, whatever it was. But it's like I get back in the car and I'm crying just as bad. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I, this is not even my pain. So why is this happening? You know, mm-hmm. but so I mean, it can be good and bad. You mentioned that you're a medium. Were you a medium before your first NDE or not until after it happened? Well, my grandma was actually a medium. But in her time, um, she, you know, she didn't really talk about it because she'd be like 90 or 100 by now or something. And um and then she said when she had actually found out that I was a medium that she said that it, it helped her because she didn't feel so alone because there's not a whole lot of mediums around in our area especially in our little small city and um but at like two years old um is when my mom started noticing there, there's something different about me um, for one I I always had a thing with cars like I always knew if someone was gonna go out on the car and you know, and it, I mean, it kept getting stronger and stronger, you know, like a lot of times, like, um, there's one story, my, my aunt Betty was going to take us to Dairy Queen, all of us. And then my mom and those kids and her kids, and they tried to put me into a car and I just started screaming my head off. Want nothing to do with this car ride, Dairy Queen ice cream didn't phase me, I guess. So then my mom said, well, Kay can't go, then nobody can go. So my Aunt Betty decided to go anyway and to try to get the ice cream. And either on the way there or on the way back, her vehicle had actually hit a gravel pit. It flipped the car over. And when the police had arrived, um, the back seats were so tore up. They said if there would have been anybody back there, any children or whatever, they would have been gone. Wow. So that's kind of scary. So, I mean, after that, my mom knew. And then a lot of times I would just know things before they would happen. And there, sometimes I would actually scare my mom too. She would call me a freaky kid. And, um, you know, she just didn't really actually know how to handle it. And so after each NDE or each spiritual experience that you had, your medium powers grew stronger? Mm-hmm. It was almost kind of like they, they stayed stagnant for a while. And then all of a sudden it was just, they would just accelerate after an NDE. And... excuse me and sometimes that would actually kind of scare me because you know it'd be just like where did that come from or how did this you know how was this new thing happening or you know what caused this or you know I mean like if something's different of you you're you're going to try and figure out what is going on and and why were things why was this happening or you know and then you try to figure it out and so um, I did actually have another ND, too. I had two of them. All right. What happened? Okay, that one was, was really hard. Um, there was something had actually tore uh, in my stomach area and like a something in my mus- stomach and hip muscles or something. And I had gotten really sick. Um, I couldn't walk Walmart. I couldn't eat solid food. I was I was eating baby food because anytime I ate solid food, I threw it up. Excuse me, I lost like 30 pounds that month. Um, you know, I was just really sick, and they, I kept getting thrown through test after test and stuff. And then uh, one night I was laying in bed, and, and, you know, I was asking God, and I was asking my family da, 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 to try and help me because, I mean, nothing was working. And um, then I floated up again, and I had seen this, like, really huge gate 
I like just you know just a monster gate, and then it had the uh, the the cement walls alongside it, and then I had actually seen Jesus standing next to me, and I saw my family on the other side of this gate, and then Jesus had said that my family was going to take was going to take the pain away or try to help take some of the pain away of losing them and missing them and um you know because a lot because even though i'm a medium i know about the life chart i know when you you know i know you who you marry when you're when you have children i know who you pick all this stuff i get that but you know as and i know when your time is up you're going to go and i understand all that but as a person and feelings that's when I struggled, you know, I mean, even though you try, you know, you understand all these things, still you feel lonely, you feel sad and things. And um, but anyway, so I seen my family on the other side of this gate. I saw my mom and then I saw my, my grandma, that was my mom's mom. Um, I saw those two for sure. The other ones I couldn't exactly make out who they were. And, um, you know, but the thing is they, they, said that they were going to take some of the pain of, of missing me and or me missing them and stuff and taking that away and they did and then all of a sudden they saw them start to walk away from me and then I again I wanted to follow and again this visible invisible wall or something held me back but this time it wasn't actually that bad because I mean I wasn't mad I understood I understood the procedure now after the first one um, you know, it was kind of sad though to see them go again. Um, but then after that, though, like, is with my gift and being a medium, I mean, it was like kind of like you picture you're in this, you have these two curtains, and you can only open like a little bit of the curtains and you can see a little bit in the area. That's where my medium skills were at. I could just see a little bit. And then after that NDE, it was like the curtains just blew wide open. And it seems like I can actually see the other side just as well as I can see this side. I can see you just as well as I can see a spirit. I can just totally describe them. And um, so, you know, I mean, it, it just kind of blew the curtains wide open. So it, it, it amp, amped up my skills again. When you're looking into the other side, do you have to like meditate or go into a certain mindset to be able to do that? Not really, but I'm a trans medium, and I do actually know. I, I didn't realize I'd had remote viewing capability, but I have that too. Um, but it just seems like all I have to do is is think, or if somebody will say something, then my mind will actually jump to where it's supposed to go. Because hmm. like with my husband and I, like oh, 30 years ago or whatever, he was talking about some military post that he was on, and um. It just, it flashed into my mind and I saw this, all these army barracks. I saw the tank, I saw this and I saw that. And then I said, oh, did it, you mean when you were at, at uh, in Oklahoma? Um, I don't even know what post it was, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And he said, yeah, and, this, and now he was at this post even before we met. And um, so, and he said, well, if you go to the right, what, what would you see? Well, the hospital and then, or if you go to the left, what would you see? you'd see a tank or you know like things like that never knew i had that kind of capability or skill until he actually brought it he, he was starting to talk about it and then it started flashing in my mind so i never knew i had that did these things start flashing in your mind too much where you had to shut it down or no um and when i'm driving yeah <laughs> 
So like if I'm driving a car or if I'm trying to function, then yeah. If I'm sitting, then it, it's usually not too bad. And I just kind of write out whatever is trying to show me. When you're being shown something, do you see it like a daydream or do you see it like it's real as this 3D world? Like I'm really there. There was a thing, there was a time I, while well, I lay down in bed, I closed my eyes and next thing I know, I was in a lower level mm-hmm. of this world. And it was almost like, there, almost like you, you know, you, it's like where you, there, it's like just right underneath your feet where you can almost see like a clear glass, you know, f- uh, floor and you could see down. But I was in this lower level and uh, then I seen people walking around, I seen cobblestone uh, road again and then everything seemed very dark and kind of like cavern-like or or I don't like how like the ancient time you know like uh, the old times or whatever when they had castles and cobblestone floors and I'm standing there and then all of a sudden there was like a spirit guide I mean I don't think I had an NDE or anything like that but there was a spirit guide and they said you need to turn your light down because it's the entities down here you know, would attack you or you're not safe down here. So I don't know why I ended up down there or how I ended up down there, but um, he said, you know, you have to squish your light. So, and then like with two, um, one thing I, that had happened to me when I was seven years old, I had actually seen Jesus. Speaking of squishing the light, mm-hmm. I had seen Jesus. I was, I was, I grew up poor and uh, we were, I had to sleep with my like two of my other sisters, you know, in one bed. And then because we didn't have enough room, so we had to all sleep in the same bed. And I was sleeping there and I woke up. Um, I didn't even wake up. It was just, it felt like I was just up. And I saw Jesus standing on the side of my bed and I had launched into his arms and I was just talking a mile a minute. It was almost like I, I you know, I, because it was like, I don't know how you say, um, you know, I knew him really well, and I was I was very excited that he was that he was there. I launched in his arms. I'm talking a mile a minute. I'm being goofy and I'm being silly, and he's laughing and stuff. And then I was I was raised um, strict Catholic, so we had this little statue that had water, and and then you dip your finger in there, and then you do the sign of the cross. And I was telling him about that, and I was just so excited and so happy that he was actually there, and um, that I could talk to him and I could see him. And then I asked him, I said, can I wake my sister Amy up so that you can, she can see you too. And he's like, no, he said, I can't. And next thing I know, I'm in my bed. I'm waking up. I woke up. And then once I woke up, I'm looking around. I'm even looking around for him. Like, where did he go? And I know he was here. And, but the thing is like with me, I mean, when I had seen Jesus, he didn't have the bright lights and da, da, da. It's almost like he toned his light down and, it was almost kind of like you could act, he, he he could actually blend into our world. Um, we wouldn't even know he's here. Do you so, remember what he looked like? The robe. He had a robe and he had sandals, the, the long hair. Um, it's like I knew him, I, it, you know. And w- the weird thing about it is it felt like he was coming down, um, kind of like, say, if you would go check on, you know, if you would start missing your child. Even if you could see them, that's great. But it was like he wanted to interact with me. You know, it was like he wanted to to not only check on me, but kind of, you know, like get me time or whatever. You know, like he wanted, like you do with a child. You always want to hug them and talk to them and, you know, and interact with them. And that's exactly what it felt like he wanted to do with me. Like he had missed that interaction. 
So this happened when you were seven years old. Did anything happen before that? Is it possible you had an NDE as a baby or a child? Well, see, I'm wondering about that, too, because when I was a baby, I actually had failures of Thrive. Um, basically, I didn't, I didn't gain any weight. Um, you know, I was actually, you know, they say that you, you, I don't know if you really, everything shuts down, but it was, it was serious. It was, my mom had to, you know, like start me on baby food, like really fast and chronic doctor appointments. And um, so I'm thinking maybe that, you know, maybe that kickstarted my gifts because I have three other sisters and they don't have the gifts as strong. Now, did you say after your first NDE, your shoulder was sore from actually walking into that invisible wall? Well, it, it, it didn't feel like a, a my shoulder was sore. It just felt like like something had, like I hit something. I mean, not like, like, ow, 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 but it just felt like I could actually feel like the side um, kind of ache. And that's actually what kind of brought my memory back of crashing into the side because it's like what would you know what did i feel here what happened have the memories of those experiences faded over time or are they still as real today as when they happened no they're they're, they're still as real they you know and i i have a bad memory so that's kind of kind of strange that it actually i can actually it's almost like i can pull the memory right back hmm. so and like i said i don't have a very good memory so it's kind of weird how they how they uh, are still very strong. So are it's you, almost like I can jump back there. So, Have you had any other types of paranormal experiences? Oh, well, which time? <laughs> so, so many to count. Which time and which type? Yeah, exactly. No, I've had, I have had so many paranormal experiences. I mean, I, it's almost like, how do you even start? But I do try to kind of want to have it, like more positive, like, okay, one thing that, you know, I kind of want to share too is about, um, you know, it's like ever since the NDEs too, it was, it always felt like I was always protected, um, like from anything down here. And uh, I went, one night I went to, I, I went to a Bible study and um, the roads were really bad. They were really icy because this was Wisconsin and uh, they were really bad. And, and I, was driving the kids and I were driving back and there was a car that was actually in the ditch halfway in the ditch. And then there was another car coming and I was on pure ice and um, there was no way that I was going to get between both cars. And all I, all I did was just put my hands on the steering wheel, close my eyes and embrace for the crash. That's all I could do. I couldn't stop. I couldn't nothing. Next thing I know, I actually felt my van being picked up. And excuse me, felt my van being picked up, and then I felt the the whole van just kind of go kabang down, and so I'm I, you know I'm kind of like what's going on. I even looked back to see what had happened, or did I smash into somebody, or you know why didn't I hear impact or what you know? But I mean, it's like I know that night that I was being protected because. There's no way that I could have avoided that accident. I mean, that one car had the full lane and the other car had half, and my big van could have not got between there. You didn't happen to see any beings or angels, did you? Not at that time, but it it, it felt like I was kind of in a, I don't know, I didn't see anything at the time. 
but I just, I did feel being lifted. And then I felt the impact of the van coming back down on all four tires. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Um, I was going to say, but yeah, there's so many paranormal things. Um, I grew up in a haunted house. I know we should probably keep the vibration high, but mm. I grew up in the haunted house and, um, we basically had like a poltergeist type thing type being. Um, and, uh, for whatever reason, this poltergeist always homed in on me. There was like six people in the family, but it would always home on me, in on me. And it would actually, when I was waking up or I'd be sleeping and then all of a sudden I could feel something actually choking me. And, uh, then I would, uh, I would sit there and start, you know, saying, you know, saying, Jesus, Jesus, help me, help me. And, you know, and then all of a sudden it would release. I'd jump up and I'd turn on the light. Um, it was, you know, it was a really malevolent entity. Um, but the thing is, we actually, our house was actually not haunted um, until this, we had bought these bunk beds from my mom, my mom's friend, and her house was actually haunted. And then we brought them over to our house, then a lot of activity started happening. And, but I had actually lived with this thing choking me off and on for like five, six years of my life. Hmm. And there's times that I do feel that it's actually followed me because even to this day, I still cannot sleep with the light off. I always have to have a light on. Otherwise I can feel at home in. Have you had any UFO experience? Oh yeah. Actually speaking of that one, one experience that I had with the UFO um, thing was the, um, was I going to say, uh, when I had seen heaven, I had actually seen people and the being, you know, alien beings, the gray aliens, they were actually sitting side by side. And there was a, you know, they were waiting for a person to come out and speak at the podium. But I mean, it kind of, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if you'd relate, but like with the Green Bay Packers, they have this big old stadium around. And that's actually what I had seen in heaven. But people and, and these great aliens were actually sitting side by side, interacting, fully comfortable with each other. And I thought, you know, that's kind of strange because if you would actually have an alien come down here at this point, you know, I think we'd be going out the door if they came in the house or, you know, what I mean, it's I was just kind of blown away when I seen that. I'm sorry to interrupt oh. you, but that was during your NDE. I'm thinking so. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't remember it's like it, I remember fragments of the NDE, though. It's not like I can remember, you know, like, um, I can't remember, like, you know, minute by minute or whatever. But I kept getting, like, these flood of memories coming back. And it'd be like one memory and two, you know what I mean? It would just, they would return, I guess, when I was ready to deal with it. Well, outside of your NDE, have you seen UFO ships in the air? Yeah. I well, we lived actually. We lived by the river, and they say that with the with the the aliens actually follow the rivers, and we would always see we'd actually see a lot of alien activity, um, or UFO activity. And my mom was at was driving to a friend of hers house, and uh, there was actually a UFO hovering over the top of the bridge. And my mom was out. She'd always look up in the skies. She always wanted to. She was fascinated by aliens and UFOs. And um, she was looking up. And this time, though, it actually, this UFO 
you could actually see the windows on this thing and you could actually see the the shapes of these entities or not entities but these aliens inside the windows while she was completely freaked out chopped on the gas we got by her friend sandy's house and she was talking a mile a minute and you know, it was even like a school night, and she said, I'm not leaving the house until your dad gets back. So we ended up staying by Sandy till like 11 o'clock at night. But, um, but yeah, she we would constantly see uh, UFOs. Um, and like I said, that one really scared her because that one was really close. I've had other guests before say that they saw aliens during their NDE. Oh, there was another thing, too. I, I, was, I was laying in bed. And I don't know, I don't think, when I think about it, I don't think it was, I don't think it was a spirit. I don't think it was, I mean, it could have been from heaven. I don't know, but there was this being and she was, she was just like radiated. Like you could see the frame of her body, but she just completely radiated with light. It was just like so bright. And then she had these like big, beautiful eyes and um, I could see her mouth, um, you know, I could see part of her mouth, but I couldn't see anything else because it was just so bright. And um, she came to me and, and, well, I pretty much could actually see her in my mind. And then she kind of scared me, though. And I was just, then I, you know, I pled the blood of Jesus over me because, you know, I, I did, when I, I encounter entities, I don't know if they're good and I don't know if they're bad. So then I'm always trying to protect myself. And um, so she started to kind of giggle or snicker or whatever. And, She's like, there's no need for that, she said. But she said, you need to get your children right with God because the time is short. Well, and it was like, home. And, you know, she was right. My children were not right with God. And I, ever since then, I kept saying, you know, you guys really need to get on board because, you know, she's telling me there's something going on. So I, you know, I mean, and, you know, the thing is with me, I mean, I've, I've seen Jesus. I've seen God. I've just never seen his face. Um, but you know, I, I know they're real. I know I've seen all this and, and, you know, it's like, I want my children to be taken care of here and on the other side, you know, when, when our time comes. What is the most shocking or impactful thing you've seen during your mediumship? It might be a little lengthy. Um, well, cause we moved here or, you know, we moved to, to, to this place and two years prior to us moving here, there was a girl that was killed and her body was dumped down the road from here. And, um, I didn't know, I, I never knew her in life. I didn't know anything that happened to her. We were living, you know, 20 miles away or whatever at the time. And we didn't get to the Shano news or anything. And, um, but I mean, like I said, this was two years prior. Well, my daughter had, my daughter and I went on a walk down that road and then we were coming back. And then all of a sudden I started, uh, just as we were walking, all of a sudden I felt really angry and it was like almost something, it almost felt like something tried to take me over. And, um, you know, I was, you know, bringing on Jesus again because I didn't know what was happening. And then that night, um, I had started seeing visions basically of how this girl was killed, where she was killed and who had actually killed her. And, you know, and then, so then, but I mean, and then she had actually told me to go to the police about it. And I thought, this ain't going to work. I don't know who you are. I don't know anything. I got to have something to bring to the physical world. And uh, so then, um, but I mean, like, I kind of try to blow it off and try to function and do my thing. The only thing is I would come home and I'd get to the front door and I could see her standing there. 
And I'm like, ugh, you know, like, I can't help you. I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not going to the police because they're going to think I'm crazy with this. And then I was sitting at the kitchen table and I could see her staying outside the kitchen table. I went outside one day and I was laying on the, on the blanket trying to get soak up some sun and I felt something scratch me. And so it was like, she was very angry. And then, um, my sister, second sister came over and she was like, well, you know, okay, let's go sit by the picnic table. And I'm like, let's not, because if I go out there, there's something's out there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't even want to deal with this right now. And then I was telling, telling my sister about it. And then, you know, my daughter, and then, um, you know, my daughter was being kind of negative about it. Like they're going to think you're crazy. And then my husband's like, well, you gotta, you gotta have more to tell the police than what this girl was telling you. And, but she, I mean, she hung around me for like a good year. And like I said, I would not even go on that side of the, the house or anything like that. And finally it was just like out of the blue. I just, I approached the police officer. I told him, I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but you know, this is what happened. You know, this, there's a spirit that's been hanging around that, you know, she was dumped over here and, you know, way before we got here. And um, then they brought me in the interrogation room. And um, so, and then I ended up doing a, a reading on the female police officer. I picked up her uncle and then she wanted me to pick up. And then I told him the story about this girl that, that was killed. And then um, she wanted me to pick up another girl that was missing and I started focusing on the picture because a lot of times for whatever reason, I can, I'm pretty strong with pictures. You know, I can start feeling energy and things like that. And just as I focused on the picture, um, cause I'm a trance medium. Cause sometimes I'll, I'll, it'll actually, cause like my husband and my daughter would always say, I go in the zone you go in the zone when you're doing readings or, you know, if it's spiritually strong and I never understood what they were talking about because, you know, I, I can't see myself from the outside, you know, I just know that I get more excited or, or talk more or whatever. So, but anyway, so I was talking to this police officer and, and, um, all of a sudden the, the, when I was trying to zoom in on that picture of the, it was like a missing picture and I was talking to her and then she had said something to me. Next thing I know, I just said, "Uh uh-huh. I leaned forward, my head went to the left and I dropped my head and then I started channeling this, this, uh, girl that you know has been missing for 20 some years so it basically i don't know i turned into the psychic hour or you know i mean it went from i'm in a police room i'm doing readings i'm talking about this person that you know that uh lived next to me and i'm you know talking about this other person that went missing i mean it it was really weird and then now the police officer and i are friends on facebook so but um what's kind of weird though with this uh girl that got dumped over here though after I told the police about what had happened, um, because she wanted me to, she's left me alone ever since. I've not seen her in the front, in the back, nothing. I've, so I did what she wanted me to do. That's good. Do you have any other paranormal stories you can share with us? Like I said, so many things have happened to me throughout my whole life. And I mean, there's tons of them. Just sometimes when you got to try it, when you want to try to pull them up, you can't always you know, you can't always um, do it. Um, one thing, though, that another thing that happened to me, too, with this NDE thing, I was um, I was back into um, kind of, I don't know if I was back down, uh, uh, lower than me or where I actually was. 
but I seen this group of people and then I had actually seen Jesus walking, um, you know, past them and they looked all dark. Their energy was dark. Everything was all dark. Excuse me. And, um, then I had, um, their energy was dark and they were dark. And then, but there was me and like two other girls that actually recognized him and we recognized it was Jesus. And it was like Jesus had basically come down to try to see how many people still believed in him. Hmm. So it was just really weird, you know. Do you think that in that lower level, people there are vibrating at a lower frequency? They scare me, actually. At a lower level, yeah. They they actually kind of scare me because it's just like, you know, when my spirit guide, you know, told me to tone it down turn my light down, you know, and then all of a sudden I seen one face to face with me and then I got really kind of scared. Hmm. So, um, but actually I did have another thing as far as the medium thing. Um, there was, uh, about an hour and a half from us or an hour from us. Um, there was this young kid that had went missing. Um, I don't know that area whatsoever cause I, I mainly stayed where I am. You know, I have not really moved around Wisconsin a whole lot. But um, anyways, he had he had went missing, um, and his parents couldn't find him. Um, he was just a young college kid, and uh, so then. But the thing is, I have a friend that's like down in the Madison area, and her kids actually went to school with this kid, and uh, they did a, like a thirty-six hour search, and they they actually had to um, call off. Well, they called off the search because they only got so much money and so much manpower. And this friend of mine, her name is Lindsay, and she says, Kathy, she said, you're a medium. And she now, I didn't know that I could actually pick up missing people. And she said, Kathy, she says, you're a medium. She says, see, you know, see if you can try to pick up where this, this kid is or something. And I told Lindsay, I said, I'm not sure I can do it. But I said, okay, well, send me a picture or email on, on the, you know, on the computer and let me see what I can do. Well, anyway, so I had actually um, focused on his, on the picture and images start coming to me. Of course, like, you know, I, I could tell he wasn't alive anymore because of his energy. If you're, if you're passed on, your energy is actually different. And the longer you're passed on, the less energy your picture has. And I don't, I'm not sure why I got the picture reading gift, but I do. But anyways, um, so I saw images that he was by the water. He was by a straight row of round lights. And, um, he was by, um, the city was actually behind him. And so then um, Lindsay told me, she said, and like I said, mind you, this is 36 hours after, after the, or they had to call this off, 36 hours of looking. And then, so then Lindsay had put me on a three-way. She put me on, uh, um, I went to the dispatcher, of course, the dispatcher kind of, uh, yeah, right, you know, another strange one. And then, um, then I had, they put me into the sergeant, his, you know, his name was Sergeant Wheeler. And um, so Lindsay and I and Sergeant Wheeler were talking and I was telling Sergeant Wheeler what I had seen. I said, I see this straight row of, of round white lights. And then I said, I see him next to the river. And then he said, you feel that this individual's in the river? I said, I have no idea. I said, but I said, I can see him staying next to the river. I said, he's highly intoxicated too. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and, um, then uh, he said, do you feel this person's deceased? And they said, yeah, I'm not getting anything off his picture. And then, um, you know, but anyways, I called Lindsay at like 1230 that day. 
talked to the dispatcher and then Lindsay sent me to the Sergeant Wheeler and at 1.15 that day, they pulled his body out of the water. Wow. Yeah, and but, you know, I mean, this was after they called off the search. But basically, the sergeant had went to where I said, you know, because I guess they, they pulled his body out of the water by a bridge, underneath the bridge or something like that. And um, But they were looking, I believe, in the city form, and they said the city's actually behind him. It's not, he's not in the city. So, but anyways, uh, you know, and I call Lindsay, Lindsay and I'm like, my knees are just shaking. I can't believe that the gift can work this way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I keep kind of finding out different, you know, like people keep pulling me into actually finding out, you know, all these little goodies of the gift, you know, because I mean, with my husband, I didn't know I could remote view, you know, until he brought that up. And then with Lindsay, I didn't know I could, um, could zoom in on pictures until she brought me into there. And so... It seems like, you know, I'm finding out a lot of cool things. Sounds like they should give you a badge over there. <laughs> right. Well, that thing, Lindsay was upset. She's just like, you know, well, you're the one that actually found him. Why didn't you get any credit? And I'm just like, I'd rather not do that, Lindsay. But in the paper, it did say that new information led them to finding his body. And I'm, I'm guessing I'm the new information. Can you tell us about how you got in touch with your spirit guide? you know, I almost think that I got a new one <laughs> because the thing is the spirit guide, um, well, cause it was like a voice always in my head to, you know, like nag a lot, but I mean, it, and, uh, he seemed like kind of like a grumpy old man. Um, you know, but I mean, I get it. I mean, I don't listen. I'm stubborn. Um, you know what I mean? And, uh, I argue a lot. So, I mean, and those are my good points. So, but anyways, so I don't know now I'm actually seeing the younger spirit guide, um, so, you know, I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if my old one decided to quit or I don't know, but, um, but yeah, it just, your spirit guide is just like always a voice for me. It's always a voice and it sounds similar to mine, but I could tell it's like male energy and it's always, if it wants me to do things, it'll nag, nag, nag. So, but that is the best way I work is kind of getting nagged at because sometimes I got motivation issues, but um, but yeah, you know, or I'll sometimes if I'm going to do something and it's not a good thing, I'll hear like, no, really loud in my head. And I'm like, okay, then I won't. And so, but yeah, but I don't know, like I said, I keep seeing a, a younger male, but I mean, they do say that you can have up to like two or three, a couple different spirit guides. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hear, I hear a lot. I mean, it almost seems like there's not even a day that goes by that I don't have something spiritual, something kind of paranormal, something. Um, it just seems like my whole life is is around spirit activity. So, um, you know, I can't um, like one like one time I was going for my CNA license, and uh, speaking of spirit activity, I was going in for my CNA license and. I did my clinicals and I get in the car and just I get in the car there I could actually see a female spirit jump in the back in my back seat well of course through my mirror and then I could feel her well then I got really scared and then I started speeding and I'm like you know there's a spirit I'm like god holy crap you know what do I do and I'm speeding and then I thought to myself you know she's in my car what is speed gonna do you know so then of course I, I started 
you know, putting, you know, started bringing, you know, my face into it to protect me and things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I can see spirits like that, you know, so like every day there's some kind of spirit activity or spirit strangeness. Um, like, like one time, um, you know, cause I have a camper and I like to renovate my camper and I was driving to my camper and then there, all of a sudden my, was, with my whole head, it was just kind of like, like warning bells just screaming, like, you know, don't go in there, don't go in there, don't go in there. And then I turned in and then I was trying to get what I do to, to do what I had to do. And then I, I kept feeling jumpy and like, oh, something is wrong and da, da, da. And then my husband and then I kept looking to, to the woods. And um, so there was definitely like something watching me from the woods. And, um, you know, and then I'd ask my police officer friend, they said, you know, was anybody killed there or, you know, what's going on over there or what, why am I picking this out? But. But every day it's, I've got some kind of spiritual thing going on, you know, so it's, it's weird. It's, it's not just like, it's not just I tap into it. It's just, it surrounds me, you know, but yeah, like I said, I don't think, I don't think I can get away with it and get away from it. And then another thing too, like with, with my daughter, like say when I do readings, I kind of do that truth to Caputo, you know, where like if I, you know she'll go into if she's in somewhere then all of a sudden the spirit will move her to do a reading on a person well I kind of do that too and then you know when my daughter gets upset because she's like can't I just have one day where you don't do that <laughs> you know so because she's like we're because we went to like a Fox River Mall or something in Appleton and then I was talking to a girl in this earthbound uh, place it's a, a store and then I ended up doing a reading on a cashier and then she's like, can you stop that? <laughs> you know. Mm. So it's not always not always light and love and da-da-da. I mean, there's there's a whole world going on up and above us, below us, around us. And I only have a few minutes left. Do you have a website or a book or something that you would like to um, talk about? Well, I got kind of a crazy life. I take care of my daughter and my husband. So I've been always busy. But um, I I do kind of want to um, get a, do a, actually do a book, um, but I just gotta get to, get to it. And, right. um But actually, there was one thing that was kind of kind of crazy, kind of different. I should stop saying crazy, but because I should be used to this. Um, but there was this um, a week before my husband had to go to Iron Mountain, Michigan. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I heard my spirit guide tell me that I'm going to meet another medium. I'm like, you know, okay, cool. You know? And so we get to Iron Mountain and there was a guy, he was sitting there talking. His name was Clarence Thibodeau. And we were sitting there, or he was talking to some other people and he was talking about how he could actually find dead children or, you know, children that were dead and stuff. And the guys that were sitting next to him, he started laughing and he got up and he moved. He's like, man, there's something wrong with this guy, you know? And, uh, so, and I felt really bad for him, you know, but he was an older veteran and he was living in the, in the home and I just felt drawn to him. So then I went over by him and I started talking to him and, you know, I told him, I said, I have a gift too. And we were talking back and forth. And, uh, then, uh, he was, he, even though he, well, he actually wrote a book, he has done paintings. Um, and then he was talking about his, his life when he was with his, um, I guess one and only wife, um, but anyways, they, 
lived in Mexico or something like that. They had the, it was kind of like a fancy name for the house they had. And um, anyways, even though he actually had the gift, like before his ship got hit or something, he actually, you know, called out the signal and the ship's going to get hit, you know, and then they were trying to find out what, how he knew that and things like that. But anyways, he was trying to say, he told me, he said, um, you know, he said, well, my wife and I, we went to the uh, reading with the medium and his wife was like 20 years older than him. And even though they both had wedding rings on, the medium had said something about that they're not going to get married or something. And here they already had wedding rings on. And then, um, you know, we were talking and then I asked him about his wife. I said, you know, I said, I see this lady that she has a lot of rings covering her fingers. And he said that what my wife did. I said, this lady looked very elegant, and, you know, very beautiful. And, um, and, and I described she had the dark hair and things, different things like that. And then I picked up her son and talked to this, describing him too. And he's, you know, he kind of sat there and he put his hands like this and, uh, you know, cause he was like kind of getting into the reading too. And he's like, huh, he goes, they really do exist. So if I do a book, that's my cover. That's what I'm going to be. That's my title. Yes, we do exist. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and chit chat with you. Are you open to that? And if so, how can they reach you? My email is, is King Catherine, um, 420 at Gmail or not Gmail. Or yeah. Gmail.com. Okay. I, it was, it was, uh, um, Yahoo, but I changed that. But it's King Catherine 420 at gmail.com. Do you give professional readings? And if so, if somebody wants one, can they contact you? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I could try. The only thing is for me, it's actually kind of easier when you're like, you're kind of like in the same room, mm. you know what I mean? Or, or holding something of theirs or something like that. That seems to help out better. I mean, I, I think part of it too is like I'm not real good with technology, you know. Right. And sometimes it's, it's you don't have the the energy. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you know it's different when you're actually in person or. So I mean I do I am on a medium site and I do get requests a lot, but you know I I I mean like there's times like over the site you know I'll pick up like some girl posted a picture of her, of her boyfriend or something I shared that with you. And, um, you know, I, I was picking up the, the son, you know, the guy and, um, that he was goofing off right before the accident. And she, she confirmed that and things like that. But I don't know, I guess for me, I always, I just kind of want to keep it local, do my own thing. You know I mean? I, I'm, you know, okay. so like, I, I feel better like one-on-one. -on -one. one question that people always ask me is how do you deal with psychic children? You know, these children are always scared, you know, and they're seeing spirits, things like that. One one way that you actually um, can deal with the children, deal with, with the spirits, for one, never fear them because the spirits, if they're dark, they'll actually draw off, draw off that fear. Number two, if that child tells you something, believe them. Because when you believe them that, you know, because I mean, these children know that they saw these things because they're fresh from the other side. So, um, you know, so, it, you know, I mean, like if they tell you something, believe them, because if you don't believe them, that's actually going to hurt their feelings. Or, you know, if they do have spiritual gifts, it actually closes that door to for them to actually be able to experience, you know, a lot of 
spirit activity or well i mean you don't really want them to have a lot of dark spirit activity but i'm just saying like you know when you try to close that door because like with me when i was young i went to a, a priest and um i went to a priest and he told me that i can't talk to anybody else but god and it because every other spirit is dark well when you have a gift like this it just about drove me over the edge because I'm just like, okay, if I can't talk to God, then why are, you know, like, how do I handle all these spirits coming at me, talking to me, you know, and keep, when you keep trying to shut the doors, that's even more difficult. And it, it actually caused a lot of problems with me um, when we were in the military, because I would try to somewhat self-isolate self because I could see these spirits around other people. And then finally, my husband's like, man, you've got to face this, he said. You know, you can't keep running in the house the minute you see somebody, you know, a spirit around somebody that you need to start actually talking, you know, telling, you know, telling these guys, hey, I do see a spirit. This is what they're saying. And then it kind of opened my world. It actually lowered a lot of my anxiety problems. Um, you know, it, it uh, you know, I mean, it lowered a lot of my anxiety. Um, you know, it, it would start turning into a positive experience for them and for me. Because and like I said, I mean it, it. It turned my world around. But like I said, you always have to you, you know, try to have them face it, use faith or whatever they they can do. I know some people get mad if you say faith, but I mean, whatever they believe in to try to protect themselves. And like I said, believe them. Catherine, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? This world is definitely not all there is. Um, you know, we do have a loving. A loving God and we do have like a layer of of angels and Jesus and spirit guides we you know this world is not all there is I mean there's so much activity still going on way above us so I mean anytime you need any help you know give them a call there's there's many of them up there that would actually help you if you need help well, thank you for that message, Catherine, and thank you again for being our guest. I really appreciate you, and I wish you a great rest of your weekend. <laughs> you too. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.